You're listening to the Brilliant Business Moms Podcast, practical business advice for startup moms. Welcome, everybody. So today on the podcast, we are doing something brand new. It's called the Brilliant Business Moms Coffee Break. And so once a month, I will be chatting with my brilliant co-host, Sarah Evans, and we are going to have a coffee break, essentially. We're going to share some tips and tricks for moms, for business, and then we're going to kind of dig deep on a topic that relates to us as mamapreneurs. So I'm so excited to welcome Sarah Evans to the podcast today. And Sarah Evans is the host of Bringing Up Betty. It is the most amazing podcast. I seriously love it so much. So it's Bringing Up Betty, True Tales of Special Needs Parenting. And so Sarah just brings all these parents on and others as well. And just she is an incredible storyteller. So go check out her podcast for sure. But anyways, I will (laughs) turn it over to you, Sarah, to say hello. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Bethann approached me with this idea and I thought it sounded so great. So yeah, we're just excited to chat about some of the bigger business issues that we face as moms and hopefully give some good insight and tips to everybody. Should we start with our tips? Yes. So Sarah let me know that she had two tips. She's got a mom tip and a business tip. And so I said, okay, Sarah, why don't you lead with the tip that you think is the most life-changing for everybody listening? (laughs) That could really depend. I think either one could change your life potentially. (laughs) Let's start with the sippy cup because (laughs) I don't know. It's been really awesome for our family. So my daughter, Betty, has some delays and we've had a lot of feeding therapy. And with that, I've learned just how evil sippy cups are and that they're really bad for like their oral motor skills. And we're talking like traditional sippy cup with, you Mm -hmm. know, the little spout. And then I don't know if anybody saw, but like there was that thing that came out last week about how this mold gets trapped inside like the, the inside of like, you can't even clean it. Like the inside part of the, it's not a filter, but it's like a little stopper thing. Yeah. That thing like kids are getting sick. And so I'm like, okay, this is disgusting. But we recently found this cup. It's called the Munchkin Miracle 360 Sippy Cup. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It sounds like it should be like a robot. Right? Like battery powered. Insane. (laughs) So I think a lot of people are familiar with Munchkin brand. They make a lot of baby stuff. But this cup, it's, it's like a normal cup. But then it has this cover that keeps it from leaking at all. But kids drink out of it kind of like just like a normal cup. And it's completely spill proof from our experience. My daughter like takes one with, you know, we only do water, but she'll take a a cup of water with her to bed and it like lays in her bed next to her and it never has spilled. And I feel like it doesn't have that spout. So there's no concern about like buck teeth (laughs) or Mm -hmm, like the mold (laughs) issue either. So we love the cup. Tell me this name again, because I want to look this up. Okay. It's the Munchkin Miracle 360 Sippy Cup. Munchkin Miracle 360 (laughs) Sippy Cup. I can't even picture this, because like you're saying, okay, they drink out of it like a regular cup, but it's spill proof. Okay, now I see it. Yeah, it's different than anything else I've seen. And it's, I don't know. So like the top has this Mm -hmm. thing that like suctions down and then the water comes out 
Are you looking at a picture? Yeah, I'm looking. The water comes mm-hmm. out between the white and the green, like the green top. So okay. if any, if you want to see a picture, just look it okay. up on Amazon. And they also have like the, the trainer cup that has the little handles. We, ha- you know, yeah. we don't use those right now, but okay. if you're like transitioning and they need the handles, it's a good one. So, okay. But how, so <laughs> still, I'm like fascinated by this, like, but how does it not? So there's nothing that Betty would have to like push back down to seal it up. Right. Like it, literally she can keep it like open. So at any point she could lift it to her mouth and take a drink. Yeah. But then how does it not spill out? Okay. So full disclosure, Betty actually doesn't know how to drink from this yet, <laughs> but my five-year-old Clara does. It's hard to explain. They, it's like when they suck on it, it separates the lid from the side, oh, oh. and it l- allows the water to pass. Very through. interesting. Yeah, this is crazy. It, this looks very cool. Yeah, and it has I, you know th- almost fourteen hundred reviews on Amazon. Number one bestseller in toddler cups. Which I'm like, well, then why didn't I know about it? But yeah, that is so true because I've never heard of it either. Yeah. And also full disclosure, it's not one that I've like talked to our feeding therapist about, but (laughs) (laughs) do you love it too much? Are you like, yeah, I'm not bringing this up. This is fabulous. So like, it's just, it has to stay. It has to be a good one. I I really think anything without that spout is probably Mm -hmm. better than. Yes. Yeah. So like straw cups are good, but this one I love because there's no spilling ever. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Cause (laughs) even the straw cups, I mean, if Holden decides to turn it upside down and shake it or something, it still yeah. it still leaks a little bit. Yeah. So. so there's my mom tip for moms of young kiddos. Love it. That was great. So what's what's your business tip for the week? All right, my what's business tip. <laughs> this is something I've started recently just on Instagram. And it's every time I get a new follower on Instagram, I send them a direct message and Because Instagram is kind of its own thing. And depending on what kind of business you have, people might not know based on your feed what kind of business you have or that you have a blog or that you have a shop. And so what I do is I just send new followers a message and say, hey, thanks for following along on on Instagram. Like we're excited to have you here. And in case you didn't know, I also host a podcast and here's a link. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And it's, I think it's been really good. Like I've gotten a lot of people have written me back and said, Oh, wow, thanks. I'll check it out. Or I'm so happy to be here. Or they've told me their a little bit of their story of being a special needs parent or where they are yeah. in their lives. And it's just been so nice to have like that little bit of extra connection that might keep someone from eventually like unfollowing. Right. Or like, yeah, they don't, they did, never got to know your business. So they're like going through their feed someday. Like, who is this? You know? Right, so right. you know what? Okay. So I have a few thoughts on that. I think it sounds perfect for a business like yours, Sarah, that is so much like it's relationship building, it's community building. But I feel like if a product-based business, like let's say I liked some planner feed or something and they just sold planners and planner stickers and then they tried to direct message me, I think I might be annoyed. Yeah. But I think because yours is like so much connected to the relationships, I feel like it totally works because you're just saying like you're not trying to sell something. You're just saying like, hey, here's a little about me. And, you know, I've got this great podcast. Yeah. Well, I think if you even if you had a business, you could do like 
you know, new followers get 10% off. Here's a coupon code or something. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know what? Okay. Yeah. I think if you could totally make it about them and how you can benefit them, then okay. Yes. I could totally get on board. I just think, I, I think it's cool that you can have that personal relationship, whether it's a buyer, a reader or listener, you know, whatever kind of business you Mm -hmm. have just to reach out and say, Hey, I noticed you. Yeah. I don't know. What is there a certain tool that you use? My fingers. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I just love that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just I kind of have like it saved in in my phone, and I I don't use like any autopilot kind of thing. And maybe other people are getting tons of new followers. I did get about two hundred over a weekend when I did a giveaway, and so that was like a lot of copy and paste. Yeah, I'm impressed. But that I, is commitment. And I try to do it with their first name. So I'll, you know, I'll click on their profile, see who they are, if they have a name there. So I'll be like, hey, Megan, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think I think it's been good. I haven't seen any negative side mm, to it yet. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, and that's pretty good stats then. I mean, you've messaged over 200 people and no negatives. And so... That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. And I think too, the fact that you are doing it by hand. And so you're putting their name in when it's, you know, when you can tell their name from the profile and stuff. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference. So I hope way so. to go. I think like Sarah's fingers <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, you know, a lot of people have it set up to automatically direct message new followers. Mm-hmm. And that really bugs me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't like Twitter anyway. I'm yeah. not a fan of Twitter, but. Yeah, so I thought, you know, you could apply this to virtually any any platform, you know. Mm-hmm. You could do it on Pinterest, you could do it on Instagram or Facebook. Anytime you get a new follower, just send them a message. So, yeah, it's been good for me so far. Cool. That's a great tip. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your tip this week, Bethann? Okay, so my tip is around YouTube And getting your videos to show up in YouTube search a little bit more, you know, because it can be a little bit tricky if your channel's kind of new and you don't have tons of subscribers, it's kind of hard to climb the rankings for some of those keywords you might be targeting. And so one thing I discovered, and I found this tip a few months ago from an SEO kind of guy. Let's see, it's Brian from Backlinko. Got to give him some props. He's the one that told me about this tip. And, or he didn't, that sounded like we sat down and had coffee together. (laughs) He didn't didn't say, he didn't like call me up and say, hey, Bethann, I have a great tip for you. (laughs) It was like (laughs) one of his, one of his tutorial videos. He was sharing about this tip. But anyway, so I tried it. Oh, I should say what the tip is. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what he said was, you know, As you're watching a video on YouTube, you'll obviously see that over on the right-hand side, YouTube starts suggesting all these other related videos to you. And so he said, if you want to show up as those related videos and grab more viewers, then what you can do is tag, like when you're uploading your video on YouTube, it gives you tags. And so in the past, I would tag my video with all the keywords that I wanted to target. And like that worked okay. I would definitely get found somewhat and get views. But he said you should also tag with the YouTube channel name of other related channels. So like if you're doing a baby tips video, well then literally search on YouTube for something on that same topic like 
sippy cups for babies or whatever (laughs) and see like who is ranking the best, whose videos are ranking the best in that category. And so then if there's like, oh, Miracle Baby 360 has a channel and they're, they're getting thousands of views on their video, then you would then tag your video with Miracle Baby 360. Or if you're like, oh, hey, bringing up Betty is ranking really well for her sippy cup video. So then you would tag your video with bringing up Betty. And so then it really helps you to get recommended and kind of link to those videos and be related to them and you get more views. So, and it actually has worked for me. So I tried it in December and January with our planner videos and I really noticed a big difference. Like those videos have gotten so many more views than my old YouTube videos where I was just using keywords. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, okay, so let's let's dig into our main topic for the month. So I, I really loved this topic. I think you actually brought it to my attention, Sarah. So if you wanna kind of start us off with what our big question is. Sure. Yeah. So it's just something that I think as moms, we feel a lot and definitely as moms that are also business owners. And it's just, do we need to do it all? Do we need to be on every social media platform in order to grow? Do we need to be following every tip? And also, how do we know when a new social media platform is worth jumping on? It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. That so I one- thought, This was worth discussing. Yes. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So I love, and we got some awesome comments from the Brilliant Business Moms community too. So we'll be sharing some of those thoughts as well. But I'd love to kind of hear from you first, Sarah. Like, where do you stand on this? What are are your thoughts? Oh, it's hard. I think there's kind of two parts to the question. First is like, just doing it all as a mom and a business owner, like managing our time and our organization as a mom, which obviously, Bethann, your tools are great at like helping find that balance and, mm-hmm. you know, using the margins and and planning our day and, and having time for both sides of it. But then also there's just as a business owner, how do I know where to put my emphasis? How many mm-hmm. platforms do I need to be on? I mean, there are so many social media platforms now and there are also so many voices out there saying, 10x your list with Facebook and then, you know, grow your sales overnight with Periscope. And so it's like, there's so many things you feel like "Ah, I have to be everywhere and there's classes and there's webinars and there's books Mm -hmm. and there's eBooks. And it's just overwhelming, I think, to know where to put your emphasis. So I think we could probably talk a little bit about both of that. Like, how do you I mean, I don't know if we need to, because obviously your products address quite well, like how to do the mom <laughs> and business owner part. But mm-hmm. but then also just the how do I know where to put my emphasis? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. And, you know, one thing I do notice is that a lot of new business owners, that's a huge struggle they have, because the problem is when you're just starting out, you don't really know where you can be the most effective, right? Like, you know, one of my things is like, I, I feel like I'm, I never say like, oh, I know Twitter's not for me because really I don't know unless I try it. But like you're saying, you can't try everything. You can't. So, I mean, I think my basic advice on that is like, 
pick one, pick one that feels like a great fit. You know, you just kind of take a look at the mall and figure out, okay, here's my business goals. Here's what I want to be sharing on social media. Here's kind of my overall strategy. And then pick a platform that feels like it's going to be a good fit for that. But then honestly, you're not going to know unless you like wholeheartedly dig in. And that's the thing too, is I think that's a struggle with if you're on 10 platforms and you do them all like just a little bit, you'll never know. Like you'll never figure out what's really going to work for you. Yeah, that's so true. But I think partly there's the part of you like as a person that has to enjoy the platform. Mm. And so it's not just, oh, I'm not going to do this. I don't think it's going to work for me. Like, oh, I'll use myself as an example for with Twitter. Like I just Mm -hmm. don't enjoy Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. And I kind of feel like I I'm missing something like I don't quite get it, but I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of the, the like sewer drain of (laughs) society. (laughs) Like if there's something bad that has like, you know, is trending, it's like it happened on Twitter. I don't know. I feel like it's really easy to be snippy on Twitter and mean and be a bully. And so certainly there are good things happening on Twitter. I personally just don't like it. So anything that my business has going on on Twitter is automated. It comes from other social media platforms. So like my Instagram posts, I have a an if this then that set up. So it posts directly to Twitter and then Facebook is the same way. But I really don't spend any time organically on Twitter. And that's partly just because I don't enjoy it. So I think, yes, you need to dig in, dig deep. But I think you can kind of see what you might like mm-hmm. first and then and then choose and then yeah. choose because I think it's important that you enjoy it too it can't just feel like a chore or it's not going to serve you well right and you know what Angie Hernandez in the community actually brought up that point she said um, her thoughts were you know I think you should pick the top two social media you enjoy and resonate with Otherwise, you begin to hate your time there and you feel like it's too much of a chore. And then she brought up this other point of also you can sound phony if you don't like being there. So and that's Angie. She's her business is the Indiana Hypnosis Center, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, I thought that was a great point. Like you don't want to hate your time on social media. It should be a place to connect with your audience and it should be fun. And you don't want to be a phony like yeah, I don't think I will ever be good at like snarky short Twitter <laughs> tweets or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not my style. I talk for miles at a time. And so the Twitter limits like don't work for me. <laughs> I can just see your screen of it like flashing red as you yeah. go over your limit. No, yeah. Beth hands I, Yes. Like one thought of mine would probably be 100 tweets. So <laughs> not working. Yeah. And I find it it's interesting. Sometimes on Twitter, you'll have people that do kind of write a book and they'll be like, tweet one of 30, tweet two of 30. And and I'm like, okay, you could, you know, there are blogs like, (laughs) but okay. I don't want to just beat up on Twitter. Sorry, Um, sorry. (laughs) We're being Twitter bullies. (laughs) We should tweet about it. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, so I I also liked Candace Hidalgo from CandaceLynn.com. She said, when you start a new business, secure all your usernames on all social media platforms. And I think that's just a good idea because you never know what you might find to be like a good platform for your business later on. Like right now, man, Periscope, I know it's like helping a lot of people. I just don't have time for it to put it, you know, to make it what it needs to be for my business. So, but I do, well, that's not even a good example because I don't have Oh, you don't have a reserve? No, I do, but it all got mixed up when I first signed on. So it linked to the wrong account. And anyway, sorry. Maybe we should take that. (laughs) Well, you're working on it, though. I'm working working on it. You're working on getting the name reserved. I think it's a good idea to get your name on as many social media platforms as you can. That doesn't mean you have to actively use them every day. I agree. I think that's a great idea when you're starting off in business. Just reserve those names, reserve them everywhere. Here's the one caveat though, because I totally found this to be true when we first started Brilliant Business Moms. Like I'd go and reserve the Twitter name or I'd go and reserve the Instagram name. And then I'd kind of like dig into the platform and be like, hmm, this Twitter thing, like maybe. And so then I'd be like, oh yeah, I could do this. And then I start, like I go down the rabbit trail of like not just reserving the name, but thinking that then I can do all 10 platforms. So I would like recommend people go in with blinders on and just like get in, reserve your name. And get like, out. Yeah, exactly. And get out. (laughs) I think you and I kind of have the same personalities, though, where we can't resist it, though. It's like, (laughs) oh, this could be so good. Yeah. So get in, get out. (laughs) Just do it. Yeah. I wanted to bring up the Periscope thing, too, because I feel like this has been... I mean, everybody's been talking about Periscope for the past... I don't know. I guess it's been almost a year. Almost a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And so I was going to share a little bit of like my first, my initial reaction to Periscope and kind of like how I've made my peace with Periscope. Okay. Yeah. I know this. So like when Periscope first came out last spring, I was like, ugh, like I, <laughs> I resented the fact that it existed. Like I just, at that point, well, and we were, you know, creating our first planner and getting our book out the door. And I was just like, I do not have time. Like how dare the universe create another <laughs> social media platform and make me feel pressured to join it. Now, of course it's not <laughs> their fault. It's my fault for letting myself feel pressured. But like, I, I remember too, though, thinking like when, when big bloggers would start saying like, I'm on Periscope, come follow me there. I would literally want to punch them in the face. I want to be like, leave me alone. I already follow you, follow you everywhere else. No, I don't have time for this. Like I resent the fact that you're trying to pull my time or like take even more of my time than you already have. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, I felt the same way. And honestly, I was like, I, I thought it was kind of scary at first. I was like, isn't this like what we've all feared of like big brother? <laughs> I mean, real time streaming video, like where everyone can see where you are and what you're doing. I don't know. It was, <laughs> I got over yeah. it, but, and it's like notifying me every time someone I'm following gets on. And then it's like, it's not like, like I can read a 140 character tweet. It's like, here's 20 minutes of me talking. And, and I feel like ah, I'm going to miss it if, if I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then I feel like I, from that point, like through the summer, I was still just kind of like, yeah, I should maybe try it. I should maybe give it a fair chance, but 
I'm definitely not going to be watching tons of other people's periscopes. Like I kind of decided that pretty quickly. Like, hey, I know a lot of awesome people online, but like I don't have time (laughs) to watch them scope. And so then I think in the fall, I finally hopped on and I it's like I feel almost guilty because I like I did enjoy it. I was like, oh, this is like it's fun to scope. And, you know, some ladies from Brilliant Business Moms were showing up and like watching my scopes. But, you know, I have to say, even in those moments, like and I still feel this way when I scope, I still honestly feel a little bit guilty. Like I'm taking up too much of somebody else's time. Yeah, I can see that. But I do like that there's a service like Catch and not everyone uses that. And some people choose not to use it strategically because they Mm -hmm. want they want you to like feel like you have to click and view what they're doing. (sighs) But I do I appreciate that you can participate live, but then watch it later. I think that's really helpful. But yeah, I can see like feeling guilty yeah it's you if you're a good person I think you feel like you have to really provide the value while you're there and not just hop on to you know chat oh definitely and that's one thing too that I think Periscope has totally evolved in this way because I remember seeing like all these online business owners who were like I'm on Periscope follow me and then they would just film their kids like bike like biking down the street and I'm like this has nothing to do with your business or your brand like yeah I understand like maybe you're trying to show like the real person side of you but like at the same time like you're kind of wasting my time if I follow you for business tips and now you're just like you know, I'm all for like a random fun scope. Like, I, I mean, I did like one scope where like Holden wanted to show off his Halloween costume and, you know, and it was like one of those like, let me introduce you because I talk about you so often to everyone. But like, but yeah, I think there's got to be that balance. I mean, I think that's why, you know, I have to say like my favorite scoper is Crystal Payne. She's um, so good. She's yes. so good at it. Yes. And I love that Crystal does not waste your time. Like Crystal has, she always has something new to teach. It's always, you know, action packed. And then she answers questions too. And like, I so appreciate that. I love that she, she'll just do like a 15 minute scope sometimes. Yeah. It's fabulous. I was going to look up. She's, is she money saving mom on Periscope as well? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So definitely check her out if you haven't already. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is, you know, after watching certain people really knock it out of the park with Periscope, like Crystal being one example, I mean, she's grown like, you know, this whole business building audience over there. It Then I think the pressure came back like, oh, shoot, I should scope every day. I should do business tips every day. And then I just realized like, no, that's not, it's not a priority for me right now. There are other ways that I'm growing my business and streamlining my life. But the way I've kind of made peace with Periscope is, you know, if I want to do a little series and like get interest and excitement, I can do that for a week or for two weeks and just kind of let my email list know and let everybody else on social media know that I'm doing that. And then I don't feel bad if I if I scope every day for a week and then I'm gone for a couple of weeks like that's fine. Yeah, no, I think that was great when you did your Pinterest, your week long thing. And you did every morning, right? And then yeah. that was like building up to your big webinar. And that was perfect. I thought it was great. Well, thank you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and I have to say, like, I was nervous. You know, I didn't know how many people would show up because I hadn't scoped in quite a while before that. 
But yeah, I mean, ladies were showing up every day and it was really fun to like get all of their questions and to be able to answer those questions live. I mean, I think that's totally a benefit of Periscope. And I am kind of almost thinking like, oh, I should do another series. But yeah, I don't feel guilty. It's like, oh, just build excitement around a topic, get in, get out. And yeah, it works. Yeah, great. So talking about like which platforms, I know there was a question in our little chat on Facebook group about which platform is best for which kind of business. Mm -hmm. And even though there is, we've talked about like you have to enjoy being there, there probably are some that work better for different kinds of business. Should we chat about that? Sure, definitely. Okay, so first there's Facebook, which is kind of for everybody. I feel like just because so much of the world is there. Yeah. And I mean, I think Facebook for a lot of business owners, it's now just becoming, it's more the private groups, I feel like is where businesses are really being built. And then, but of course you've got to have your page so that if you ever want to do Facebook ads, for example, then you've got your page reserved. So then there's a place to tie that ad to. um, So people know like, oh, this is a real person on the internet. Um, But yeah, I don't, I mean, I personally don't feel any pressure to post on my Facebook page on like a regular basis. I just do it when I feel like it, which is like maybe twice a week. (laughs) Yeah. And Facebook, they've also just started rolling out for the business pages, a live streaming video option. Yeah, that's right. Which which I've heard really good things about. I haven't tried it yet. And I think you have to have just the iPhone app to make that work. But for right now, because it's just it's just new. But yeah, Facebook, the groups, I think, are the biggest thing there that you can benefit from, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I that's how I feel because whether you have whatever type of business you have, if you build that community inside a private group, like you're golden. And let's say, you know, even if you're like a consultant or a service-based business, being part of other people's groups, I mean, that's how you f- can find your customers and clients. Yeah. I, like if you, I think if you have a very niche topic, Facebook's also great because there's any possible type of person you'll find on Facebook, you know, yeah. so... Whereas, you know, Pinterest is maybe a little more niche and Instagram a little more niche. But yeah, Facebook's kind of, it's kind of for everyone. Yeah. So then there's Twitter, which we've already talked about. Yeah. And real quick on Twitter, I feel like if you're an author or a journalist, those types of people tend to hang out on Twitter a lot. I see a lot of like the B2B, but to me, the B2B people that are on Twitter are like, I'm sorry, but you're weirdos. You're like, (laughs) you're just like... Uh, Rhonda's success train and you're like just (laughs) I don't know I like let me just be totally honest like if you're a b2b person on twitter trying to reach out to me like I immediately don't trust you so (laughs) let me just phrase it that way yeah so maybe twitter could be a good place to do like some customer service if if Mm. people are reaching out to you on twitter yeah just to I don't know I I can't think of a really great use for it or like yeah, what what type of business it would best serve. But yeah, I think you're right. Journalists and authors tend to hang out there a lot. Yeah. And snarky internet people. Yes. The world over. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Instagram, which I love. Photo-based. I think any anyone with a product. Yeah. Product-based businesses can do great there. But like you are a relationship-based business. And it's also great because you can share a photo and 
have like as long of a caption as you want, which is really great. Yeah. So it's kind of like a great little micro blogging platform. Yeah, which I love. I love that we're kind of heading that way because sometimes to sit down and hammer out like, you know, the 1200 word posts regularly can get right heavy. Yeah. It's a lot. Oh, I was going to chime in too. Megan Benson from Sheep Farm Felt on Etsy. She said that she loves Instagram because she thinks it's important to connect to her current customers and future customers who like to tell visual stories. And then I, I really love this point as well. She said, plus, I love seeing how my customers style their orders. If I only yes. have enough time for one social media platform, that's her vote. And yeah, I, I'll say too, as a product-based business, it is so fun to see people take a photo of our planner and how they're using it and tag us. And you know, it really doesn't happen anywhere else except Instagram where yeah. we get those, yeah. That awesome. is super fun. And I think it probably serves, depending on the type of product, a little bit better. Like Sheep Farm Felt is super cute. Little, those felted wool balls in, in little <laughs> banners and things, which, you know, you could use all over your house or for a party. And so, yeah, that's really clever. I have an Etsy shop, too, that I design invitations. And so it's a little bit harder to think like, oh, they're going to take a picture of it you know, as they put it in the envelope or something. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, for certain types of businesses, for sure, that is a great way to use Instagram. So then maybe Pinterest. Pinterest. Next. So, and I like what Courtney Westlake had to say from blessedbybrenna.com. She said, what she's learning is being on a certain platform doesn't mean you have to use it the same way other people are because, you know, she uses Instagram for storytelling, but then she said she used to think Pinterest wasn't for her because she wasn't blogging posts like the top 10 reasons to do this or, you know, yeah. we see all over Pinterest, but she said she's exploring other approaches for making Pinterest work for her style of writing. Yeah, I love that. And it it's hard. I'm I'm doing your course right now, Bethann, <laughs> and I love it. But it, it can be hard to figure mm. out like how to use a platform that's traditionally used one way and make yeah. it successful for your business that's that's different. But it's possible. Mm-hmm. Which ooh and well, this might be a total tangent, but I could give you 10 board ideas right now, Sarah, to try to help you draw in that ideal oh. customer interest. But real quick, I did want to say, here's my thing with Pinterest. Pinterest, you can really set on autopilot. Now, it takes time to set up and figure out your strategy, but the reason I love it is because once I write a blog post, I can just spread it all over Pinterest and I'm like not doing any work, you know? So that's where, whereas like with Instagram, you've got to post, you know, you've got to connect yeah. on Facebook. Same thing. you got to post Twitter, got to be tweeting something. But with Pinterest, you can, it really is this great little system for kind of getting traffic on autopilot. But yeah, it, t- it takes a little time to kind of hone in on your strategy for sure. Yeah. And another benefit of Pinterest is that pins live forever and yes. they can build with time. And that's something that all other platforms don't really have because they Mm -hmm. are like that immediate, like it's in your feed and then it's gone. Like, you know, you see those spikes in your analytics. If you're, if you're looking at your analytics for things like Instagram or Facebook, you Mm -hmm. know, when it first is posted, you have like a big spike, lots of people see it, comment, like, etc., And then it's gone. Pinterest is kind of the opposite where you can continue to build over time because it can it can continue to spread things can go viral like months or years later 
and so that's that's really attractive i think that it can continue to serve you after you've done the work yes exactly that's why yeah i gotta say i feel like pinterest is almost i tend to say the biggest bang for your buck but again it's not a great place for relationship building so i definitely view it as like a secondary network i view it as like you know if you've got to pick one primary network to build relationships build community get to know your customers like don't pick pinterest But once you have a strategy on that other favorite platform of yours, I would say I strongly recommend people consider Pinterest as their number two because, yeah, I'll show you how to, you know, (laughs) kind of uh, get it going on autopilot because like, I, I mean, there are so many days where I spend zero minutes on Pinterest, but, you know, it's still bringing me traffic, sales and subscribers, so... <laughs> sorry, that got a way too like <laughs> way too pitchy, you guys. I'm so sorry. It's, it's, honestly, it's just like my genuine excitement that comes out. Yes, and if you want to learn more about how <laughs> to make Pinterest work for you, Beth Ann has an awesome course. <laughs> and I'm not an affiliate or anything. <laughs> That's true. I should be. I should be giving you a little cut right now. <laughs> okay, so after Pinterest, Google Plus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do you say about Google Plus? If we have to, right? It's <sighs> like, yeah. It's kind of that's how I feel about Google Plus. It's like, ugh, I have to because it's Google, right? Yes. But yeah. there's no other reason. To, right. That's <laughs> true. There really is. There's no other reason to be there, but it's going to help you get found a little more. So again, this is one of those things where like, I don't want people to stress. I don't want you to feel like you have to share everything on Google plus right now. But as soon as you have like a VA in your business, just have your VA share all your posts over there, you know, and make it easy. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not touching Google plus right now, but it's, you know, always on my mind of like, oh yeah, if I want to do better on Google, I know. Yeah. Plus. So, okay. <laughs> Are we just overwhelming people? <laughs> I know. Hopefully not, right? Oh, okay. YouTube. Let's let's oh, touch yeah, on YouTube. YouTube for just a minute because now YouTube is one where I feel like, okay, you can do some community building because you're getting your face or your voice on video. It's not live like Periscope, but like for SEO purposes, it's it can be really awesome for your business. Um, and, you know, I've talked about it on other podcasts, but like, you know, we did like a little tutorial video on how to build a butterfly terrarium and it's, shows up on the first page of search for some of our, you know, target keywords. It's gotten way more views than I ever thought possible for this tiny little channel. So yeah, so YouTube I think is worth considering, but I think that people, they overanalyze and they're not willing to just like sit down and chat and they feel like a video has to be like a two hour production, I guess. So I think that's why people avoid it. But for example, I use Lightcam HD and I think it's totally free. I just like Googled it. I think Sarah found it for us. And so it's like free software to do screen sharing. And so I can just share, you know, a little tutorial video on YouTube. And what I've started doing is, you know, I'll, I'll create a couple minute tutorial video, then I can embed that video right into the blog post, which kind of gives that blog post an extra richness to it. And then it starts to help that video get views. And then the video is going to show up all on its own on Google and on YouTube. So yeah, because Google and YouTube are BFFs. They are. <laughs> They're BFFs, you know, but again, yeah, don't, Don't stress yourself out. You can't do it all at once. Oh, I did want to bring up though, there's a few examples I have of like people who literally just focus on one platform and they build their whole business that way. Oh yeah, that's good to know because 
yeah, yeah. As we're talking about each one, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And there's more and more like, <laughs> like the oh no, there's more brain. I should do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you don't like. Okay, so one example would be Hillary Rushford, and I, I want to say a year or two years ago, she just decided to like quit blogging and quit all her other social media platforms and just focus on Instagram. And so she she does, you know, the micro blogging on Instagram. She shares great fashion and styling tips there. And she just hustled like crazy to grow her Instagram following. And I mean, I think now she's got over 75,000 followers. But after she did that for like a year and she kind of built up her fashion business, was getting affiliate sales, sponsored posts, all of that, Then she said, you know what? I need to create a course on Instagram. So now she's got this awesome course and she literally just fills up her course with her Instagram followers because she tells them, hey, I've got this course, come sign up. And then she does use Facebook ads as well. But like she literally does nothing on Facebook. She only uses it for the ads. And so now, like two years later, like Hillary has a million dollar business. It's crazy. And she doesn't do, like she just says no to everything else. Yeah. I think that's, Oh gosh, I think that's part of being successful is mm. saying no. Like you have yeah. to, you can't spread yourself so thin. This is speaking from knowledge, not experience. <laughs> <laughs> like knowledge I have yet to apply to my own life. But yeah, it's like you just need to focus. Plan and then focus and and maybe experiment too. Like we kind of talked about at the beginning. Spend three months focusing on one platform And then if you either hate it or it's not providing any return for you, then try something else and really focus on that. Yeah, you can only really do one at a time. So a few other examples here. Zach Spuckler would be one example of like he just hopped on Periscope and he scopes like every day, I think. Now, I'm not always a fan of the way he scopes or like he doesn't do the catch thing. So he definitely tries to get you on there live. And he always just like talks on his scopes about how he's so great at scope and like makes money with scope. So it's a little bit circular, but like all that to say, like there are, there are people who literally like had no online business, no presence. They just hopped on Periscope when it first got started. They were, but here's the thing. They committed to it. Like they did it every day or they did it multiple times a day. So they built up their audience and it's like, they don't need any other form of social media. They can get on Periscope. Obviously I'm sure that, you know, they build their email list, but like that's it. I mean, you can you can truly simplify your social media strategy if you want to. But I do think the key, like you said, is you've got to dig in. You've got to give it a fair chance. You know, because you can't say like, oh, I post once a day on Instagram and use two hashtags and that's all I do. And I did that for three months and I only got 100 followers. Like, well, that's not that's not really digging in. So, yeah. So here's a question. How do you know how to dig in? Okay. That's a great question. I mean, I would say if you've decided like, yes, this is it. Instagram is for me. Then you need to be researching. I would say spend 30 minutes a day learning the best Instagram strategies, because if you're just, if it's just a shot in the dark, like that's not good enough, you know? So, I mean, last summer I decided I wanted to grow Instagram a little bit more. And now looking back, I'm like, no, I should have just focused on Pinterest. (laughs) But anyways, (laughs) I did. And I actually, I purchased a course on Instagram and it was super helpful. It was actually Hillary's course and it's a great course and it was super helpful. But ultimately I kind of did decide like, no, let me, I want to do the Pinterest thing. I want to do something that's a little more autopilot. But yeah, I think, yeah, by dig in, I think 
spend 30 minutes a day and okay, let me say for a super busy mom, 15, then take 15 minutes a day, get some books on Amazon about that social media network, get ones that were written in the past year and start Googling and find the best articles on that and just, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And sometimes, gosh, it feels like we're just trying to keep our heads above water with like keeping our business going and serving our customers or getting the actual work done. And then there's a million, you know, you feel like, oh, I have these 10 courses I bought. (laughs) Yeah, that's to to do. And I think I think there's a few different ways to approach that. One thing I'm trying right now is I feel like I've got kind of two chunks of time to work on my business is like afternoon during nap time and then evening after everybody goes to bed. And so I'm just using my evenings to, to learn and then my afternoons to be productive. And for some people that might be too much, like they might just learn on Mondays and then, you know, use the rest of the week to be productive. But I think it does, for me, it's been helpful to kind of compartmentalize that and so it's not always like distracting while I'm trying to get my work done I think that's a great tip I love that idea of having a certain time that's learning and a certain time that's implementing because with that being said there are a lot of new business owners who get stuck in the learning phase and they don't implement they don't test they don't take action and um and can I just I just want to offer this one tip to everyone when it comes to Facebook groups. Facebook groups are amazing and I love our Facebook group. But like sometimes I don't know how people are getting stuff done with the amount (laughs) that they interact inside the Facebook group. Like you have to step away. You have to like here. Here's like kind of my new phrase. Trust in your own brilliance. Trust that like you don't have to come into a group and ask permission to go do a new strategy. Like trust that you can just go do it and try it and know that you're your own brilliant, amazing person and go take action. So yeah, I that was awesome, Sarah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, I was inspired by this girl who was completely out of her mind. In, when I lived in, in New York, she... Um, you know, loved to read. And so when she was taking, you know, public transportation around, she had this schedule of like, when I'm on an uptown train, I read fiction. When I'm on a downtown train, I read scriptures. When I'm on a crosstown bus, I read nonfiction. And I was like, that's a little bit much, but I think the principle can be applied in a meaningful way. So <laughs> definitely. I'm glad you, you turned that into a sane strategy <laughs> for all of us, for sure. Oh, and then I have one more example of someone who really just focuses on one form of social media. And actually, this guy focuses on zero forms, if you want to say like true social media. So it's James Clear. And he writes the most amazing blog posts. They're generally around like productivity, building a better life. And he's just at jamesclear.com. I was going to pull it up. But what I was going to say is James, I don't think he's active on like any form of social media. He just has a huge email list. And so he built up his email list. If you go to his website, it's like so clean and so simple. It's just like a white background, black text. Here's his articles. Here's his book recommendations. And there you go. You can sign up for his newsletter. But he's got over 240,000 subscribers. And so you know if you want to hear from James, you're going to get it in your inbox. And 
you know, he just focuses on building that traffic to his site. I mean, I think he guest post places and now of course he's big enough. He's speaking at different places. He's going on podcasts, but you know, all of that is he just kind of borrows other people's platforms and he didn't have, he doesn't have to spend all day on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else. Yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. (laughs) exactly so if you're you know I know there's got to be someone out there listening who's just like oh my goodness social media just is the bane of my existence then fine like don't don't even do it just do what he's doing build your email list that's one thing I will never I'm sorry I cannot condone anybody not building an email list (laughs) like you have to like I'm sorry you have to do it I I approve of you being on no other form of social media but build your list and yeah, go about your day and breathe easy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I did want to share too. I, I saw this one thought from Alyssa that I wanted to share. Yeah. And I also kind of had a counter thought yeah. to what she had to say. Okay, so Alyssa said, I'm of the opinion that you can't, and Alyssa, is, her sh- Etsy shop is Lambkin Creative. Super cute. L-A-M-B-K-I-N. Lambkin Creative. She says, I'm of the opinion that you can't and honestly shouldn't be on every platform. You've got to make choices that fit the business into your life. But she says it's wise to evaluate them as they come up. See if you can leverage things like the If app to expand your reach, which totally agree with. But then she said, possibly a tangent, I want to throw out that I think the current trend I've been seeing where experts say our businesses can be completely natural and easy and perfectly in line with our passions is also bunk. Even if it's something we love and are passionate about, it's going to be a lot of work and some days we're going to want to throw a tantrum and quit. Amen. (laughs) So, okay, so here's my counter thought. Where she says, like, okay, experts say it can be natural and easy and in line with our passions. Okay, so the first 18 months of building the, like, the Brilliant Business Moms brand, yes, I felt like, okay, tons of hard work, like, lots of frustrated days. But now that I actually have some team members that work for me, I honestly, like, don't feel this way at all anymore. Like, the tantrum or the like just being so stressed out and okay maybe this sounds bad but like in a lot of ways I pass the stress onto my team members <laughs> yeah no that makes terrible. sense but it means like okay so like Ellen for example she's awesome she's like my problem solver so like if there's a tech issue that's just a pain in the neck and I don't know how to deal with it and or I just don't want to deal with it I reach out to Ellen and say, hey, Ellen, can you fix this for me? The the amazing, the good news is Ellen loves that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not stressing her out. But yeah, I think as you grow your business, you honestly can build an awesome team of talented people and you don't have to, I don't know, I guess what I'm saying is like, because like my days now are like, they're pretty easy. Like yesterday I was like walking around the house and was like, do I just want to have a two hour lunch? Like, yeah, I think I do. (laughs) Like it feels like I feel kind of guilty admitting that, but like, so Holden's in school. So I work while he's in school, but if I wanted to have an easy day and not put a crazy deadline on myself, like I've kind of set certain things up in my business where I don't, you know, I, I don't have any crazy deadlines right now. And so if I want to take a super huge long break or like last night, Chris and I both just like got into bed at like nine or nine 30 and we didn't do any work. And I can 100% do that. Honestly, anytime I feel like it. 
So I think the key, like what you've put in is the hard work though. You've, you've mm. gotten to a point where you're past the tantrum yeah. throwing and the wanting to quit. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's like a necessary step. I think mm-hmm. that initially, no matter what your business is and no matter how wonderful and passionate you are about it, there's still going to be nitty gritty work that you have to do to get it to the, to the level where it is, where it's, it's, where it's yeah, that's true. Where it's yeah. more streamlined or more yeah. easy. Yes. Okay. That is, that's a great point, Sarah, because the beginning is hard. Like I think the beginning of any business is super, super hard and super stressful. And yes, all of those things that that's a great point. I just want to offer the encouragement, I guess, to like ladies out there who maybe like, if you're feeling like it's always going to be this way, if you feel like it's always going to be so stressful and so hard and you always feel pulled in a hundred directions, that's the part where I say like, no, 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 like that is, that is not how it has to be. But yeah, you will like, for example, if you want to have team members, you're going to have to work really hard to build the income so you can have team members that work for you. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I hope that's the goal for, you know, most of the women listening that your goal would be, yeah, I want to get to that point. So I can just go back to like (laughs) enjoying my life and making my business, you know, fit into my life versus like the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it can easily start out as like, oh, I love to sew and I make this cute thing and people want it. And so I'm going to make it and I still love sewing, but then it's like, oh, but then you need (laughs) sales. And so you have to learn the marketing part and you have to be on social media and you have to be writing a blog and you have to take photos. And so as you grow, you can delegate out those skills that you're less fond of. And then you can just go back to your love of sewing. (laughs) So true. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's the goal. So there was another comment from Julie Fuller. Just, I wanted to share the end of her little comment about how, oh, she kind of says the same thing I did about Twitter. She says, I stink at Twitter. Some of my target market is on there, but aside from linking all of my other social media to it, I barely touch Twitter. I am able to share my heart genuinely via Instagram and Periscope so much more effectively. There's always room to grow on any platform, but you have to figure out which one brings out the best in you. And I think that's, you know, it's you and your business because I think they're, they're kind of linked, especially when it's a one man show. And like you said earlier, people can tell when you're being phony or not yeah. genuinely there. Mm-hmm. That was good. Awesome, Julie. And Julie is her shop is Tokyo Blossom on Etsy. She has fabulous knitted items. <laughs> Shout out for you, Julie. Oh, OK. OK. And just really quick too, Julie had a great response to Alyssa's comment. And this is pretty good. Okay. Yes, Julie, I do agree with this. She said, Alyssa, yeah, like when I see people say, follow your dreams and passions as if that's all there is to it. I'm like, let me get you some mountain climbing gear and a box of (laughs) tissues because honey, you're going to need it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's so good. That's true. I should, you know what, when people join the Brilliant Business Moms community, I should start mailing that out. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to the club. But someday, I hope you'll pass your tissues and your mountain climbing gear onto the lady who's a year behind you. (laughs) And you'll bust out some fuzzy slippers and watch a trashy show in the middle of the day. (laughs) Because that's what we're all aiming for. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that sounded really bad. (laughs) 
No, it's good. Okay, that's not the goal. That's not the goal. It's more like, okay. Now we know free- where your heart is, Bethann. <laughs> yeah, that's totally, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a lot bigger goals when it comes to, for me, obviously the adoption piece is huge. But yeah, just, I guess, yeah, yeah. Just that the freedom, I, I think the freedom is there, but yeah, you're going to have to work your buns off to get to that point. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to talk about one platform that I kind of got sucked into that has since gone away. <laughs> mm, okay. I don't know how many people have heard of these reads, thesereads.com. So in one of my groups I'm in on Facebook, people started talking about thesereads.com. It's like this amazing thing and get in on it now. You're like on the ground level and it's just going to grow huge. And it's, you know, this is like 10x my traffic. And these people were being genuine like I I trust them and so I hopped on and I could see that there were some big names there I mean like Parents Magazine had an account and Baby Center and you know Home and Garden like I don't know like big legit brands and and so I I got on I told a friend about it I was like oh you need to get on these reads it's like helping everybody grow their traffic so much and we can get on get in on it while it's still this tiny little (laughs) platform and then they're gone like <laughs> like <laughs> overnight. I mean, they had something crash with their servers and they no longer exist. I mean, thesereads.com says this web page is not available. So I think it's wise to give new platforms a little bit of time before you invest very much of your own time. Just you know, check in on it maybe every week or so, (laughs) ensure that it's going to be around (laughs) and that it's growing before you put very much of yourself into it. That is a good point because that's so discouraging. I mean, what a bummer if you've invested a lot of time and then it's just all for nothing. Ah, you know, I even think about Crystal Payne with Periscope and like granted, Crystal has a huge audience everywhere, but like she didn't hop on Periscope until I don't know, August maybe. So it had already been around about six months before, or, you know, four or five months at least before she hopped on and she's like doing amazing. And so if you wait a little bit, it's okay. I think so too. And you can, you can get traction if you can, if you come in later, but it's, I think it's worth the wait. It's easy to get wrapped up in like, oh, we can get in on this early, but Mm -hmm. if it's not going to be around long-term, it doesn't matter. So yeah. Get a give it a little bit of time, and then you can still just have faith that you can still get the traction that you need to coming in later on. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Save your business heart <laughs> from getting broken. <laughs> okay, so I think we've covered quite a lot of ground here when it comes to social media. Do you have to do it all? We, of course, as you can probably tell, say no, you don't. <laughs> I'd love to hear more of your thoughts though. So, you know, you can email me brilliantbusinessmoms at gmail.com or you can hop into the private Facebook group and kind of give your two cents there. But as we wrap up, we're going to do a new little segment called, I, you know, I should have a better name. It's just, you know, your business high five or your your high five of the of the week. So we're kind of just like patting ourselves on the back for a little win that we had. So what is your high five, Sarah? <laughs> Mine is this week I started my season two of my podcast, which 
came a little bit later than I had hoped. Back in, in December, you know, I never anticipated having seasons. I just thought I could keep going. And in December, <laughs> it became clear that it was just taking a little too much of my time and energy. And so I needed a little break and just some transitions with my daughter's schooling and everything. So I was able to focus on that. And I think, I think it's good to, to realize that, you know, you need to come first sometimes and your family. And so I took a break and I'm back and I feel like my, my stats are are good. You know, I, it hasn't taken too much of a toll to have that break I needed for my family. And I'm pretty proud of my first episode of the second season. And I am hoping to just be a little more consistent this year, having a day and time that my new episodes are always available. And so my audience can rely on that. So I'm happy to get started again. Woohoo! I'm excited for you too, Sarah. And you know, your podcast is one of my favorites. Everyone check it out, Bringing Up Betty. You can find it in iTunes. But yeah, that's awesome. And you know what? That's really encouraging. Like you said, that your stats, it's not like they plummeted. People are coming back. You know, if they're subscribed, then they'll see the little thing pop up that there's a new podcast available. So good to go. Yeah. What about you, Bethann? What's your high five? Okay, so my high five of the week, and this goes back to kind of my confession of like having a super long <laughs> lunch yesterday. <laughs> I feel like I'm really streamlining a lot of things in my business. And, you know, this week, for example, I just really needed to get my Facebook ads set up for my next Pinterest class. And so I'm just like, you know, scaling them throughout the week. I don't have my next class until next Friday. And so I just kind of was like sitting around like, well, you know, I kind of executed everything I needed to execute right now. I'm kind of, you know, things are growing without me doing a hundred things in a day. And yeah, it just like, it honestly felt kind of great. I was like, oh, could I, could I set this system up and just keep it going every two weeks and make this work? And I was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's amazing. May we all get there someday. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. And yeah, I mean, and it's true. What Alyssa said, I mean, yes, there have been many tears. There have been tantrums. There has been a lot of hard work leading up to this point. But, you know, tried some things out, figures and strategies out and oh, breathing, breathing a lot easier these days. So it's nice. Hey, I think, and we're all so happy for you, Bethann, that we, we have all, I think, benefited so much from you and Sarah's advice and your podcast and your blog posts and just everything you're willing to give. And it's, it's really encouraging. And we're, I think we're all, I can speak for most people that we're so happy for you that you've gotten to that point where you can reap the benefits. Oh, well, thank you so much. (laughs) And I, yeah, I wouldn't be here without all of you. You guys are you know, because Brilliant Business Moms community, it's it's why I'm here. <laughs> I think that wraps up this month's coffee break. Thanks so much for joining me today, Sarah. Sure. It was so good to be here. <laughs>